This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome to an NFL draft edition of the MVFC First Angle podcast. I'm Kelly Burke, and today's guest is a name that Valley Football offensive coordinators know quite well because they spent a lot of time the past several seasons really trying to figure out how to contain him on the field. Colin Saunders was an All-American defensive tackle for Western Illinois who has since turned major NFL draft prospect. Colin, good to talk to you. Welcome to the show, and, and thanks for being here. Oh, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I look forward to having this conversation, so... Well, the the number one thing I'm I'm curious about before we really dive into all the football stuff and, and off the field stuff, you have a, a non traditional spelling of your first name, Colin. <laughs> and I know it's Colin and a lot of people in the league know it's Colin, but people outside of the Missouri Valley call you Kalen. So <laughs> how often do people call you Kalen and not Colin? And it, it I mean I would imagine it's a lot because your Twitter handle says Colin, not Kalen. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean, usually, like, uh, the first time anyone meets me, that's what they say. And I mean, like, you know, on paper, um, I can see why, you know, they get that uh, misinterpretation because um, I actually went to school with a guy that had the exact same spelling as my as me, oh, and wow. his name was pronounced Kalen. Okay. So, <laughs> so he was, like, two grades ahead of me, so he kind of ruined it in my high school <laughs> from early on. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like like it's a tradition with my family and uh, K names, you know, like my mom and dad, brother, like three of my brothers all have uh, names starting with a K. So, um, you know, that's just, and then obviously my daughter now uh, has that. So, um, yeah, it's just like a tradition. And, and you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's definitely rough. Like first day of school, every time, every first teacher I have, they say Kaylin, at least sometimes they say Kaylin Saunders, but. I've got where they say Kalen Sanders, and that's oh just gosh. a completely another person. So, hey, um, yeah, I've, I've been through that all my life. I can't argue with the K thing, being that my name is Kelly. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No take me through the last four months since you officially ended your your collegiate career, and and what this time has been like as you prep for the NFL draft. Um. Yeah. So you know, uh, after I got done, I was around mid November. Um, that was our last game, and then, uh, you know, right well, right after that, actually, um, like the next day, my coach had called me into the office, and he had told me that I got a, a senior bowl invite. So that was, you know, that was kind of the start of, of everything. That was the start of, um, you know, my post-collegiate career, I guess you can say, because, um, you know, that's like getting into the draft. That's a uh, pre-draft process stuff. And so, um, you know, I, I, at that point, I kind of just um, – start preparing for that you know um start making sure i stayed in in uh football shape and and you know just being being prepared uh technique wise because uh that was you know like i'm I'm not as lucky as some other guys you know that played games up until january and then you know they have the senior bowl coming up like i got done playing in november mid-november so you know i was taking basically two and a half months off before i played a game again so um that was just my biggest concern was to make sure I, I, I showed up to Alabama uh, ready to go, ready to compete against the best of the best. 
And um, like you said, though, these past four months, you know, it's just been kind of stages. Like uh, I, I kind of broke it down into stages. Like, you know, stage the first stage was just training, staying in shape. And then the second one was uh, the senior bowl. And then after that was the combine. And after that was the pro day. So it's just been like, you know, it, it, that kind of keeps me uh, focused and keeps me um, moving forward to know what's the next thing I'm working for. So, you know, like, like whether I have to work more football technique and, and being able to play and then, you know, leading them to the uh, combine, I got to work more speed and being fast, being explosive. And then in pro day, I didn't really do any recess. And so I was back to football technique. So, you know, was, that's just kind of how I broke it down and um, how I attacked the process. You've had a lot of milestones, a lot of highlights, you know, in the time that you just mentioned. And yeah. let's start off the field with the birth of your daughter, Cambridge. In what ways has she changed your life? Oh, I mean, the the biggest ways, you know, like <laughs> that's uh, that's one of the biggest, um, I guess you can say, turning points in, in anyone's life is having a having a child because uh, you know you you become the you become the provider, you become the support system. And, um, you know, it, it was just one of those, um, you know, I've always kind of uh, been grounded as far as just, you know, wanting to provide for my family and uh, wanting to be that type of person. But, um, you know, having the kid that just kind of reinforces it and, and uh, amplifies it because, you know, like this is this is a, a human being that absolutely depends on you to, to provide, you know, for their life. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it obviously it changed me or, you know, it, it kind of didn't really change my viewpoints or anything like that, but it just enhanced them. Um, I would say like, it just made me want to focus in even more. It made me want to do that extra rep, you know, maybe want to go to the gym that extra day and stuff like that. So it just really became a motivational factor. If anything, where do you think that provider instinct that you sort of naturally have came from? Does it come from growing up in St. Louis? Your mom is a very strong woman, Kim, and I know she's an influential person in your life. What do you attribute having that to? Yeah. um, No, like you said, you know, growing up in St. Louis, it's very easy to, um, you know, end up in the the wrong type of stuff. It's very easy to, you know, be just a stereotype. And, um, you know, my, my main concern was just you know, like I said, like you said, you know, from an early age, um, you know, I always wanted to make sure that my mom didn't have to worry about anything. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've witnessed firsthand the type of stuff that she had to go to go through just to provide for uh, my brother and I. And so, you know, like that, that just, you know, that motivated me uh, from an early, very early age that I didn't want, you know, her to have to be able to have to do all this extra stuff and go to work all the time. And be up at you know five in the morning and then because she didn't actually my mom actually didn't have a car mm. until my like sophomore year of high school wow so so um you know i used to see her get up get on the bus at five in the morning every morning and you know go to work and just to make sure that me and my brother had um what we needed to you know f- to pr- so for her to provide for us and um yeah that you know that that kind of instilled the uh, work ethic in me early just to see her do that every morning and so like you know it, it's just it's a, it's a blessing that i'm in this position now um that way you know I, she won't ever have to do any of that type of stuff again and um you know I, i'm just very excited that i that i get to contribute something like that and so um i would say from early on i had this kind of mentality of uh wanting to be a provider and, um, you know, going through high school, middle school, stuff like that, you can't really do much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I, I can try. I got a couple jobs, you know, like um, growing, 
growing up, I think my first job I had, uh, I was worked at a car wash called Waterway, and uh, you know, I, and and that was just like, I mean, it, it wasn't much, but like I was making my own money, so I didn't have to ask her for any money. So that that type of stuff, um, it made me feel good about myself, and that's kind of where it developed, you know, it kind of developed into what it is today. Um, of me wanting to provide and not just provide so I don't have to ask her, but also be able to provide where she can ask me for stuff and I can give it to her. And that's yeah. just, you know, she she's not like that at all. Like, she hates, it's like, I, I, I would say I'm doing well for myself now. Like, I got a couple of sponsorships and stuff like that. So I have cash, you know, to use. When we go to restaurants, she still wants to pay. She, I'm like, Mom, <laughs> you, you need to step down. Like, this is, you know, this is no longer that. Like, and so she's just real... Um, I like to call it a, a mama bear type of mentality. Like that's just how she is, and you know I think that that being raised by her and also my dad, but being you know living with her for majority of the time, uh, kind of instilled that into me early on. Yeah, it sounds like she's a, a fantastic role model for you and, and your brother. Yeah, no doubt, she definitely is. And it's it's nice too now that you're in a position and going to be even more in a position where you can can thank her even if she doesn't necessarily want to accept it. Yeah, she she never does want to, but I, I was kind of got to force force feed her, you know. And uh, <laughs> I mean, she she accepts it in the end, but she always just be like she she'll do subtle stuff like um you know I'll pay the bill and she'll be like I'll, I'll get the tip, don't worry. But I'm like. You know, whatever. You know, I just let her do it to satisfy herself. But um, you know, and in, in the end, she she's kind of slowly transitioning into that role of understanding what what it means to go to the NFL and what it means for um, my financial future and just our future in general. So my introduction to your mom came this season. Uh, it would have been the the Youngstown your, your the Valley opener for you guys against Youngstown State. Oh yeah, and yeah. you come in on offense, and everybody's like, "Wait, what?" And then yeah. you you catch a touch your first ca- career touchdown, and your mom is going crazy, you know, right yeah. there at the fence. And then you got even a chance to go over and I think give her a big hug or something. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you can tell she's one of your biggest fans. Yeah, no, she's been like that. Uh, I was, the only year she wasn't like that was my very first year of football, and that was just because you know she she actually didn't want me to play. Like my dad kind of snuck me in. Okay. Um, but then you know she she came out and she saw that I loved it. She saw you know it was a game that I loved playing and it, how much joy it brought to me. And um, ever since then, I mean, she's been out there and like as she went from not she went from hating football to. In, in middle school and high school, yelling at refs because she felt like too many people was tackling me. <laughs> so, you know, like to being at every single, you know, home game or game that's within the vicinity that she can go to. And she wouldn't miss a game for the world. So, um, yeah, that's definitely, you know, she's she's been supporting and she's been a fan since, since I started playing football a long time ago. That's great. You became the first Western Illinois football player to ever be invited to the Senior Bowl this season. And and that was right in the middle of of Cambridge being born. So how did you yeah. how did you juggle those emotions and everything? Because you obviously had two life changing events, um, and you you had to make a decision. And I know your your fiance was super supportive, um, yeah. and, and and really pushing you to stay immobile. Right. But how how hard was that from your standpoint to have to juggle the two? Um yeah no it it, it was tough. Um you know ultimately. Uh, it just came down to what was best for, you know, for the future and um, just kind of uh, of that level of maturity as, as far as just, you know, wanting to provide. Like I said, I've always been a been a nurturer and a provider. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely tough, you know, being the first invite in history. I want to represent my school, you know. I want to represent them the right way. I want to make sure that everybody knew that you know it's it's not just about Big Ten, you know, SC or SEC schools. You know, anybody if you have talent, then then you can make it. So my that was my you know I, I really wanted to do that, but um also obviously wanted to be home and and, and witness my daughter's birth. So um you know ultimately like you said, my fiance. Uh, she she's a she's a heck of a supporter herself, just like my mom. And, um, you know, she uh, encouraged me to stay just because, you know, we both we talked about it also early on because my daughter was actually due um, January 31st. Oh, OK. Yeah. So. She, so, you know, we were thinking that she was going to come maybe even in February. Cause oh, they wow. OK. The yeah. 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 It's they late. The first one was a little later. So yeah. We were, we were all under the impression that she could possibly come in February. And so, you know, we were just like, you know, it's whatever. If, if she does end up coming early, it shouldn't be before the Senior Bowl because that even the Senior Bowl was at, on the 26th. Hmm. So that would still be like five or well, four or five days early. And um, but she ended up coming on the 22nd. So <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was um, it was definitely a surprise, a surprising event. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I just like I said, we talked about it and uh, we just decided that um, it was best for me to stay there. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to it's not like not being there for those couple of days was going to affect anything. Yeah, I still yeah. get to see her, be with her all the time. Yeah. I watch her all the time and, you know, play with her. So um, ultimately, I think it was the best decision I made. And also during all of that, I got to go home and see her before I played. So nice. that was even better. That was like, you know, the icing on the cake. Yeah. Cambridge just wanted to make her surprise entrance so she could be there to, <laughs> to witness what dad did in the senior bowl, like on TV. Right. <laughs> right. Right. She was in her Washington, her Western, Western onesie. <laughs> so you go through this senior bowl experience and you get to play for John Gruden's team, which I'm sure is an experience in itself just cause he's, yeah. he's his own personality. Um, <laughs> you, you have the first sack of the game. So how did that, experience in particular validate that you can play in the nfl um no like you just said i just feel like it was a big validation point you know um a lot of people uh will criticize and like you know i I don't get many knocks besides the the knocks that um i really can't control like height um you know arm length and and uh level of competition you know like i don't i don't schedule the, the game i don't schedule the schedule and um, but that being said, um, you know, it is is very common knowledge that the Missouri Valley is the best conference in the FCS. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. Even if I was in Ohio Valley or anything, if I was in Ohio Valley, I would not want to play North Dakota State. Let's be <laughs> honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, so, and then Illinois State on a good year. You and I on a good like yeah. those are teams that you that you know of people coming from like David Johnson. You know, obviously Carson like. Those are these are programs that that clearly have had um, tremendous talent coming through them, and and so like you know I I my whole goal um in in going there, uh there was actually another guy from the valley there uh, Jordan Brown from South Dakota oh, State yeah, so um you know me and him talked a lot during that week and you know we always encouraged each other we were actually lucky enough to be on the same team and that that helped so um you know I was just like man we gotta we got something to prove like. You know, everybody kind of knocks us saying our level of competition is is below everybody else's. And I was like, let's just prove that it has nothing to do with that. Let's just prove it's football. It's college football. It's the same thing. And so, um, you know, like I said, you know, I I just wanted to go out and prove it. And uh, I feel like I did a good job of it and making sure that, 
you know, there was there was no doubt. There was I, I, I tried my hardest. Like I went out there and gave it everything I had because that was like my impression on scouts as far as me playing against um the better competition in their eyes. Yeah. To your point too, I mean it's 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 a known fact. I mean it's it's proven that the Valley it's not only the number one league in the FCS, but if you look at the Sagarin ratings, the Valley actually ranks ahead in terms of, of toughness at like even right. some of the FBS, like, you know, like the Sunbelt, exactly. some of those leagues, it's above that in, in terms of when you look at schedules and uh, the quality of competition. Right. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I was explaining to um, some of the scouts and, you know, just even, you know, some of my um, friends that I talked to just like, I mean, you, you can see it. Like, you know, there's plenty of times where, uh, teams out of the Valley have beaten FBS opponents that we schedule, um, you know, and, and, and I mean, it, there's no better way to, to tell if the Valley is tough or not than to schedule them against the opponents you believe that are better. So, you know, like I said, um, we've had success against, you know, Big Ten schools, MAC schools, um, you know, Sunbelt schools, like you said, like we've played all of these guys before and we've proven that it's 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 not impossible to beat them. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's why I just think that, you know, I, but I do feel like um, that the Valley is definitely or not even just the Valley, but FCS football in general is uh, on a little bit of a rise because, you know, a lot of a lot of stars are starting to come from uh, FCS. And I just want to hopefully add to that list and, you know, further help the guys after me coming from the FCS level. I would agree, because I think a lot of guys in your position, let's say, that are starting college are realizing I can go to an FCS school and I can be a starter or I can get way more playing time as right. opposed to I'm going to sit at an Alabama I might sit for three and a half years and maybe right. maybe I'll get into a game but you right. know I have a better chance of maybe pursuing my my game going through this other journey exactly yeah I, that was my kind of my thought process as well coming out of high school yeah um, in February, you were invited to the NFL Combine, and mm-hmm. you wrote that you had waited years for this moment. So how did the reality of the moment live up to everything that you had dreamed about? Oh, uh, yeah, no, it, it was amazing. Um, you know, just being in an NFL uh, stadium in, in uh, Lucas Oil, and, you know, like that's a historic stadium. Obviously, the Combine's been there for years, so I grew up watching this. You know, like I've seen – thousands of guys come through the combine and for me to uh, be on the same field as those guys were, you know, it, it was just, like I said, it was a dream come true. Um, a lot of guys, sometimes you you know, you have the guys that didn't start playing football until maybe junior year of high school or um, maybe been playing since like freshman year, but then didn't really want to go to the NFL. Me, I've been playing since I was like nine years old and I wanted to go to the NFL since I started playing. So, like, you know, I, I've been watching for a long time. I've, you know, had my favorite players throughout history and all kind of stuff like that. And, um, like I said, just to – like, my favorite players of all time were on the same field that I was on. And, you know, that's just – that's that's amazing that, to me. That's that's one of the – that was one of the best experiences um, I could ever have. In in some of your visits to teams or your meetings with scouts and, and different teams, what's the most unusual question that you've been asked so far by an NFL team? Um, well, the, one of the weirdest questions I was asked, I don't remember what team it was, but they were like asking, when was the last time I got into a fight? <laughs> and, uh, and they were like asking, um, you know, like they asked, did I win the fight? <laughs> and stuff like that. And then um, the Seahawks, 
uh, actually had us do like a staring contest. And like we were just sitting there, they like, were timing how long we have we can keep our eyes open. Like staring at another person or just staring no, at No, just oh. staring at absolutely nothing and they were timing how long we can have our eyes open. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I mean, you know, maybe that translates to their playing style, but <laughs> it, was just, it was just weird to me. I never had ever had to do a test like that. So wow. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely a couple just unique experiences that that I had out there. What's what's the question that you most want an NFL team or a scout to ask you that maybe they haven't? Oh uh, no, I, I think I've been asked everything I could possibly think of, but uh, I would say. My like the, the my favorite question that that they do ask is why like why should we use a draft pick on you? Mm. Because um you know I, I feel like I have a lot of good answers for that and um the main point being is that uh you know I, I feel like I'm I'm going to work for everything I get. Obviously I'm coming from a smaller school and you'll hear me say that a lot. You've heard me say that a lot through all the interviews and um the scouts and and the you know front office personnel have heard me say that a lot too, but I, I, I truly do live by that. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not afforded, um, like you said, being from Alabama, being from Clemson, Ohio State, wherever, like I'm not afforded uh, luxury of just thinking like, oh, you know, I, I did good, so I'm going to go to the NFL. You know, like I could have had the best career in, in, in Western history and still might not have a shot just because of, you know, the circumstances. So I like when they ask me, you know, why should we use a pick on you? Because, you know, like I said, I, I feel like I have a lot of good points that I bring up and um, and, and it helps them kind of make that decision. Yeah. During your time at Western Illinois, you played for three different head coaches. Uh, most recently, Jared Elliott, who's, who's right. the current coach. Um, before that, Charlie Fisher, who's now at Arizona State as their wide receivers coach. And then before that, uh, Bob Nielsen, who's the, the head coach at South Dakota. And, and I'm big fans of all three of those guys. But why do you feel like the, the chance to play for three different head coaches is relevant in your development as a player? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are different coaching styles, you know, there are, uh, different staffs that come along with them and, um, all of those things kind of help me because within those, uh, three coaches, I've had a new D coordinator every year. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I tell that to teams also like, you know, that if there, if there's any question about me picking up a defense, like you shouldn't be worried. You know, I've had, I had to pick up a new defense every year. <laughs> so like, that's the last of my worries. I'm a get the playbook and I'm going to have it down, you know, fairly quickly. And um, also that helps um, as far as just uh, football IQ and, you know, just um, intelligence and stuff like that because, um, you know, a lot of a lot of, um, of the coaches I've had teach me different stuff. And so I kind of just, you know, like the coach that went to with, Bob, with Coach Nielsen, um, Coach, Coach Moose, that's what we used to call him, yeah. Uh, he, you know, he taught me a lot early on. Like he taught me my red shirt and red shirt freshman year, a bunch about football and, um, you know, just a bunch about how to read things, a bunch about, you know, using my hands and stuff like that. Then, you know, I had another D-line coach that coach Stockton. Um, he taught me a lot, too, because he, he, he was younger. Um, see, the difference between Moose and Stockton, you know, Moose was a little older. He had a lot of experience. He played for Nebraska, stuff like that. And then Coach Stockton was younger, went to Notre Dame, and he played on that outstanding defensive team, that mm -hmm. champion for the defense team. So he had a different kind of viewpoint as far as he knows what it takes to get to be a, a championship caliber defense, stuff like that. So I learned a lot from him. 
And then you got uh, my last coach was um, Coach Hainline from he and he was at uh, Mississippi State, and so he was around some of the guys in this year's draft that were you know that are going to be uh, highly regarded picks like Montez Sweat, you know th- those type of guys from that school. So um, you know he he had a different viewpoint as well. So all of those guys kind of like all everybody all these coaching changes and stuff like that. I, you know I don't look at it negatively or anything. I, I look at it as a blessing because. Like I said, I get to learn so much. I get to, um, I have, I get to have go through different coaches. You know, it's a little different from if you got an established coach and like the SEC or something that's been there for twenty years. You're only used to how he coaches. So if you get a new coaching style, it might be a little culture shock to you. Uh, for me, you know, I, I tell all these all GMs and owners and coaches alike. You know, they'll ask, um, how do you respond to neg- or uh, you know coaching? How do you respond to tough coaching? I'm like, listen, the way the coach coaches <laughs> is the way I respond. You know, like yeah. that's how I take it. I don't I don't take to I don't care if you're yelling at me, if you, you know, men sweet talking, whatever. Like at the end of the day, it's all about what you want me to do and how you want me to do it. So, you know, I just make sure that, that they know that. The reality is, too, you, that with the NFL being more of, of a business, the chances that you're going to play for one team in your career only is is pretty slim. You're probably going to play for multiple teams throughout your NFL career. Yeah, I agree. My conversation with Colin Saunders continues in just a second, but if you're enjoying this edition of the MVFC First and Goal podcast, check out all the lineup media group offerings, sports and non-sports podcasts. Now back to the show. Looking back on your career at Western Illinois, why have you been able to make such a name for yourself? I definitely uh, feel like it's all from just taking advantage of my opportunities. You know, I, I, I try and make sure that um, I like no matter what happens, I'm, I'm going to make sure that whatever opportunity I do get, I'm, I'm going to take it. Um, you know, that, that was the case with my, my Division One offer from Western. That was the only one I had. So I took that opportunity and I came, went to Macomb play, and played, you know, played as hard as I could. And so um, I think a lot of people appreciate that. And by those people appreciating that, you know, they kind of um, they kind of give me rep, you know, like they will talk highly of me. Uh, all my coaches I've had still to this day talk highly of me and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I think that helps, you know, being a good person and, and, and then also being a good player, it, you know, it, it, they play hand in hand. So I think that that kind of helped me out. You, you mentioned Coach Hainline earlier, and I, I wanted to read you a little anecdote that he shared with me. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, so yeah. he, sa- he says, um, quote, in the summer, the, the coaching staff likes to play basketball at lunch when we can. Uh, one day, Colin, uh, Colin was out there, and we needed a guy, so he jumped in on the defensive staff's team. I knew he was athletic, but never saw him play basketball. The first three times we had the ball, he was playing point guard. He was cr- <laughs> he was crossing guys up with his dribble and making crazy layups and hitting three pointers. We easily <laughs> won the <laughs> because we easily won the game. And by the end of it, he had a new nickname that I still use on him called Fat Kyrie. He looks like a big Kyrie Irving on the court, and it blew me away, and it showed me why his jab counter pass rush was his best move. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I love playing basketball, man. Um, you know, I, I take pride in not being just that big dude on the on the court that played defense, like being, a, you know, just a brick wall and thing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fluid. You know, I got 
I can handle the ball pretty good. I always grew up watching ball handlers. Like, I never, like, you know, some big dudes be like, oh, who your favorite player? You like Shaq or something. Like, I like, you know, I always would watch Kobe. Kyrie Irving is my favorite player, you know, and it's probably, he's probably going to go down as my favorite player in history. Nice. Because, like, his, his handle on the ball is, like, second to none. Like, he has the best handles probably of all time. And so that's why he calls me that all the time. Because, like, <laughs> when I, when I um, you know, watch basketball, I watch point guards, and that's who I try and play like. And, um, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I remember that game, too. But uh, they were definitely surprised because, like, I remember the first point I scored, um, they I got a rebound and I went coast to coast. You know, people were like asking for that, asking for the ball, like kicking to me, kicking to me, because they didn't know. Like you know, usually see a big dude on the court, he dribbling and then he like fumbles the ball off his leg or foot or something <laughs> like that. So you know, I was going coast to coast and I had a couple guys reach in on me, you know, do a little crossover behind the back stuff, and that was like, oh, you know, okay, <laughs> okay, he, he a little different. So um, and that's that's like the reaction every time I go play basketball, like anywhere new. You know, anywhere like that, people have never seen me. It's always the same exact story of, um, you know, when I first get on the team, they don't really trust me. Like, they'll, they'll be like, you know, they don't let me bring the ball up the court. So I always end up having to get a rebound and then go coast to coast. And then that's when I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, that's when they, then right after that, I come to the point guard of the team. And then, like, and if, and if, like, if it's pickup and we lose, and the next thing, you know, guys coming up like hey you you just lost hey we we want you on our team you know blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so um yeah now <laughs> basketball is definitely a fun sport for me I, I like to surprise people i guess you can say yes yeah, especially when they what you say oh, i was gonna say sneak up on them a little bit you know yeah. like they <laughs> underestimate you clearly yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best part is um when i go to a gym and you know like they put another big dude on me <laughs> I'm like, okay it's gonna it's gonna be a day at the office right here <laughs> And I, I just act like I don't, you know, act like uh, I don't really warm up. I don't really shoot around so people don't expect anything. And then they put, like, a guy of similar size to me on me. And then I just absolutely kill him for, like, the whole game. <laughs> so from from crossing guys up on the, the basketball court to, to doing backflips, where does your athleticism come from? I, I, have, I have no idea. Um, I mean, obviously, my dad was – very athletic. He played football as well. Okay. Um, but like, you know, I, I mean, it's just a, a blessing from God, you know, a gift from God that I, I have no idea how it came about. You know, my mom, she played a little bit of sports, but it wasn't like, you know, it's not like I got just LeBron James and Serena Williams or something as my mom and dad. Like I got, you know, pretty athletic, but just normal. And um, it was just one of them things where that gene comes out of nowhere and um, you know, I, I just start trying to do new things and trying to uh, find the limits of my body. And that, that's how I'm here today. You know, yeah. I, I just tried new stuff and, and then it ultimately worked out and I didn't hurt myself. Well, because as you show this year, you, you've got good hands, but then you, you're flexible, too. So, you yeah. know, it, it's a real asset for anybody that picks you up. The teams you've talked to, I mean, where have they said that they really see fitting you on their de- I'm assuming they they want to use you on defense, but wh- right, where right. where exactly do they plan to play you? Um, well, it just depends on the team yeah. and, and the scheme of that team. Like, uh, you know, some teams uh, would rather me be a nose, mm. uh, you know, like a zero or one tech. Yeah. Um, so if they're like three four, they might want me to be a zero. Um, and then if they're a four three, they might want me to play like a little bit of one. And then that, but those are just some teams that like have a, their primary goal is to stop the run and stuff. Then you got like teams that 
uh, wants just penetration no matter what. And they see me more of a three tech or like a three four defensive end. Yeah. And, um, so it, it and and then also the other point is that um, a lot of teams uh, like play just D, D linemen. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty much you don't really have a position because like say if the tight end trades, then you just kick down. So I can go from a one to a three tech. So um, they just kind of see me as like an athlete, a good body, you know, a good athletic um, stout body type. Yeah. they can use on the interior. That's just really um, like all the teams I've met with and at the combine and went on visits to, like they just see me as, um, you know, interior D line. And that's pretty much what they say. Yeah, that makes sense. Almost like a utility player if you're doing yeah, baseball yeah. or flex player in softball. One of my favorite other favorite stories about you is that, that you actually played running back in high school. And yeah, uh, your Western Illinois bio talks about how one of the, the people you most admire is your high school coach, Mark Goldenberg. And, yeah. and it's because he gave you a chance to run the ball. So how did you convince him to play you in the backfield? Oh, uh, it wasn't much convincing needed needed to happen. Um, I actually, you know, I played running back from like when I was in sixth grade until uh, when I graduated, obviously. And, uh, you know, in sixth, seventh and eighth grade, you know, it's middle school ball. So you can kind of play what you want. But I was doing good at running back. You know, I, I was playing like fullback more. And, uh, you know, I was getting good yards and stuff like that. And then freshman year, I played running back. I uh, still played running back. And then sophomore year, I got on varsity. Uh, well, I was I didn't get on varsity right away. Like, my sophomore year, I played one game on junior varsity. But when you, like, play on junior varsity, you obviously have to do the scout team for the varsity team, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've <laughs> – we used to play, you know, go against our varsity defense, and I would play scout team running back. And, um, like, I was the only person who could score on our, on our varsity <laughs> defense. And, like, this is with, like, this is with, um, you know, other freshmen and sophomore blocking against junior and senior defensive linemen and linebackers and stuff. And, like, they were just getting absolutely killed, but then I would just make something out of nothing and, like, you know, get, like, a 20-yard run. Or I remember a couple times, like, um, I scored like I scored a touchdown one practice, and like <laughs> the, the starting defense was just getting pissed at me, and like we weren't live, but they were trying to tackle me, and they couldn't, <laughs> and so like it, it didn't make it any better because like they're they're already mad at me, and then they can't tackle me, and um, I think he saw that, and he was just like, all right, like you know, and then junior year actually, um, that's when because sophomore year I just played D line when I was on varsity, I didn't play uh, any offense, and then junior year uh, summer camp. You know, he, he set the first team offense, and then the second team, he was like, he looked around, he was like, all right, Saunders, you get in at running back second team. And I was, and ever since then, um, you know, it kind of took off. Nice. If I had to describe these last three to four years covering you, I, I personally would say that, that Colin's a guy with a dynamic personality who plays with a chip on his shoulder, uh, but has freakish athleticism for his size. And I want to I want to pull up really quick. Just give me a second. I want to pull up what Coach Hainline how he described you because he had he had obviously has great insights because he's he was around you all the time. He said. Um, he is an unbelievable teammate who was always there for whatever his guys needed, whether it was an ear to listen or someone to hang hang with. He is incredibly gifted physically combined with his strength, but his ability to process the game mentally and his attention to detail makes him very special. 
And then he went on to say, I absolutely loved getting to coach him and I'm so excited for his future. Proud of the player and most importantly, the man and father that he has become. That's my take. That's Coach Hainline's take. How would you describe yourself? Um, no, yeah, I, I agree. You know, um, I've always tried my best to be, you know, the best teammate I can be because, um, you know, I grew up with a lot of brothers and, and, and um, you know, I'm the youngest of a lot of brothers. So, you know, I, I kind of, as far as, um, especially when I became junior and senior, you know, upperclassmen, I know how it feels to be coming in and be the younger guy on, on, on campus. And, you know, because I was real young when I graduated high school. I was 17. Oh, you were? Yeah. So wow. I, I, I actually came into like throughout the whole summer camp, I was seven, I was like the only seventeen year old there. Everybody else was eighteen. Mm. And I don't turn eighteen until I didn't turn eighteen until August. Okay. And so like, I didn't turn eighteen until right before the season started. So you know, I, I know how it feels. And um, but like no, like you said, you know, I'm feel like I'm um just easy to get along with. You know, I, I try my best not to have any kind of issues or conflicts with people because you know it's just not you know I've, I've seen um that type of stuff turn very toxic. And uh, I'll just rather not, you know, I'll just rather uh, be uh, that, like you said, that that guy that you can talk to or hang with, you know, like especially being a mentor. Uh, I'm no longer a mentor now because I'm going to be the young dude. In the NFL, <laughs> but, you know, when I when I get back to the status that I could do that type of stuff, you know, I, I like, um, you know, kind of taking people under my wing and just teaching them about everything they need to know about. And then as far as just like my you know personality. Um, my strongest personality trait is just like the ability to get along. You know, like that's that's um I take pride in that because, like I said, I, nothing is nothing is that serious for me to um ever have an issue with anybody. Especially like, you know, if it's if it's football related, then you know I I really don't try and have any conflicts. Like being on the team, having conflicts within the team, having a conflict with a teammate, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like. Um, you know, I've had conflicts with my brothers, but that don't mean we hate each other. Like we grew up and got over it, you know, and, and that's kind of my mentality about um, being a teammate, because I look at those guys as my brothers. And, um, you know, and then, you know, I just uh, like I said, I feel like, you know, I don't really um, have any issues with anybody. I, I try to uh, respect everybody. You know, my mom taught me at an early age to treat people how you would like to be treated. So, you know, that's how I that's how I live and um I respect everybody. You know, I'm a I'm a no uh, or no sir, no ma'am, you know, ma'am sir type of person. Like I that's just how I was raised and you know, I, I try and be respectful to everybody I come in contact with. That's great. How do you plan to spend the NFL draft? Oh, I'm um I'm actually gonna be in Saint Louis. Uh, with my family and like, you know, a few childhood friends. Yeah. I try I'm trying not to make it huge or anything like that. Like yeah. I'm not, I don't want to have this big, you know, big old party or anything like that. I would, um, but I, you know, I, I want to obviously have my family and people that have helped me get to this point, um, uh, uh, in attendance. And so, you know, we're going to be watching it, um, most likely at my brother's apartments. He has a nice, um, like thing on the roof, like kind of sky rise. Oh, nice. thing. Okay. And you can rent it out for events. So, you know, it's just going to be a real um, kind of immediate immediate uh, event. And, you know, we're going to celebrate it. And hopefully, you know, hopefully I can get my name called on Friday. But um, Saturday, I'll, I'll take it than, than not hearing it at all. So, yeah. Well, that's exciting. I can't wait to see where you land. And, uh, you know, you've been so fun to, to cover and follow the last couple of, well, really the last four years. 
um, that you you know that you've been playing, and uh, you I mean you really have done a great job of making the Missouri Valley Football Conference proud. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And um, you know I'm I'm always gonna rep the Valley, and I'm always gonna rep Western. Um, these are my the Valley and Western are my my only shots to to do what I'm doing today. And you know, like I said, I got nothing but respect for them and. Uh, none but love for him. Yeah, well, and, and what a great example you are for your teammates that are still, you know, playing um, right, next season right. and just for other guys out there that just the the way that you've carried yourself and gone about things, so. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. If you like what you heard from Colin Saunders and our MVFC First and Goal podcast, take a moment to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other sports podcasts, shows like Fairways and Greens, The Drop, and You're On the Clock. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.